1975, proclaimed as the City of Destiny, Tacoma has maintained itself as the City of Grid. Tacoma kept its in-your-face artistry and individuality that sets it apart from anywhere else in the world. Our never-say-die attitude continues to this day. We are honored to bring to you those who live in Tacoma and its surrounding areas, whose contributions are what bring this city to life. The reputation is real. Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Here are your hosts. Well, today on the Grid City Podcast, we are joined by Andrew from Tacoma Ghost Tour, Tacoma Um We were kind of excited about this episode. We know that the Halloween season is a coming. The ghosts and ghouls, and my wife's already trying to figure out what we're going to be. I keep telling her I want to be a couple of tits, and we just get big, <laughs> big puffy things over our bellies, put a little nipple there, and everybody's like, "Oh, look, it's a couple of tits." But uh, she doesn't ever want to go for that. Yeah, and that's uh, like, well, what's funny when you when your spouse asks you, "What do you want to be for Halloween?" My first answer is, "I'm not a kid." <laughs> I'm an adult. Can I just be me? Can I get a shirt? Man, I'll wear something nice. But that doesn't work. It just does not. You have to wear a costume. No matter how old you get, there's always something. And the longer, I, the older I get, the more I don't even care when it comes time to putting on the costume. Oh, it's yeah. like, all right, here we go. So the ideas keep getting worse and worse. I, yeah, so. I'm the same way. Like, uh, I am just not creative when it comes to that kind of stuff. Hey, and you I'm were just, zombie oh. Abe Lincoln last year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this isn't what it's supposed to be. So <laughs> yeah, I'm mentioning. terrible. Yeah, what was that supposed to be again? Uh, I don't know. It was circus themed. So it was supposed to be some kind of uh, animal like a, like, a, like a ring master? Yeah, like like a lion standard. tamer? Yeah, because my wife was a lion. She, oh, yeah, she, you had a whip. Had, <laughs> yep, I had a whip and a top hat. Where'd you get a whip? <laughs> I still have the whip. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard to get a whip, but you're the only two guys I've ever encountered that actually will voluntarily put on a couple's outfit. Like, usually every guy I know is like, well, yeah, I'll dress up in that other co- Well, we're matching costumes, but then they accidentally, they forgot that, oh, that's right, we're wearing matching costumes tonight. <laughs> There's more guys. people than you know that are have to agree to this. They're just not willing to admit it. We're in the, we're, we're in the trust hut right here at the Great City Podcast. Man, I was reading on Reddit about, uh, there was somebody asking their... Um, their anniversary was on Halloween, and they're like, "I just keep running out of things to do," <laughs> because they're like, "Fuck, where do you you go to this party? Where do you go to this party? Like, we've done all those. So, what do you do now? You know, after like ten years, it's easy. You just go watch the movie The Crow because they're and they got married. So, on the, uh, was it Brandon Lee and his wife in the movie? They got married on Halloween because they're like super goth. Well, then every anniversary, you know, that was their anniversary was Halloween. So you just tell them to do it like that. You just put on some really like you just put on some white makeup. Have a crow. Yeah, have a crow. And then every year you play Russian roulette with a blank, and then maybe one of them is gonna be a real bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go with that one. Well, my birthday is November second, so I've always had to share it with Halloween. So my birthdays have always been a Halloween themed party. This year, uh, I get to have. My birthday party on the 7th of November. All of the listeners are welcome. They're having the roast of me, I guess, down at the <laughs> Acme Tavern on 1310 Tacoma Avenue South. Uh, all, I, my wife has been in charge of uh, doing it, but I've seen her inbox, all uh, the emails from these uh, comedians. They are after me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're asking for embarrassing stories, photographs, anything that they can oh, get to no. just pound me into the floor. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, good. Are you ready for that? Uh, yeah. Are you? Bring it. 
Okay. My feelings don't hurt. See, I think a roast would be hard, man. I mean, at first it's funny, right? The yeah. first couple guys is funny. But then, you watch those roasts. Then people talk about how fat I am, how bald I am, and how little my dick must yeah, be. And soon you're just like, this is just getting hurtful, and I just want to cry a little bit. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I definitely should should wean down. Because there are like 15 people said that they would do it. And I'm like, 15, like after, especially after open mic night. And I, 15 people is a lot of goddamn people. Yeah. I think we're going to knock that list down to probably like six. That's pretty bad when you have a roast you're like oh we need some people to come talk shit about me oh the line is too long yeah <laughs> come out for one of our shows nobody shows up come out to see them talk bad about Brogan <laughs> Get him. anyway for more information about that you can swing by, by our Facebook page we're just Grit City Podcast give us a like interact we're trying to get more involved in our Facebook community so Andrew tell me a little bit about how Tacoma Ghost Tours became became to be tell me about yourself well but it started back you know, when I was in high school, back uh, in 2005, my senior year, when I was at uh, Tacoma School of the Arts. Um, my father, who's also my business partner, um, co-creator of this business, he had come up with a, uh, say, a forgotten disaster, uh, Tacoma's forgotten disaster tour. Um, it's just part of a fundraising event for the school. Well, it is just a fact that you can't look up disasters without coming across at least a few ghosts. Well, a few ghost stories, excuse me. Well, um, he didn't just come across a couple of ghost stories. He came across, I would say, about 20 within his research of just disasters. Well, as uh, well, I graduated out of Bates Technical College in 2010, and he brought that to me. He's like, I hey, I graduated from Bates. Oh, perfect. Yeah, a little um, alumni action. <laughs> nice. Uh, but we... Uh, uh, he brought it to me. Uh, we, you know, I really liked it. I've been into ghost scary stuff since I was a little kid. Like most people, I grew up watching Adam's Family Monsters. I was throwing the Adam West Batman because I can't mention Adam's Family Monsters without that one. Um, but unlike a lot of people, I stayed in. I, I stayed enjoying these type of things. And as I got older, I just got more and more into the scary horror macabre type field and what have you. Um, I'm like my father. I'm a historian. I'm really into history. Been so since I was a little kid. Um, so it just seemed like a perfect fit, um, so we got together. Uh, we have, I helped him develop it more, and then as we stand here now, I can easily take 50%, easily, at least half credit for its creation. He showed up with basically the foundation, then we developed it more through historical research and just looking around. Um, a lot of our stories come about through things that we've heard. We A lot of the places we talk about on tour and even places that we found that, I say, supplementary information we'll give to people, most of it came about through uh, maybe hearing one sto- ghost story from like, the internet or from some haunted book about haunted locations. Then looking into that, we came across this other stuff and then went from there. And then some other places, like a perfect example would be uh, the Forum Bar and Grill at the ground level of the Olympus Hotel. Um, yeah. Numerous people will tell you that that place, who live there, will tell you that place Dude, has some... I have, that, I, my skin just stood up on it. <laughs> I used to live in Hotel Olympus. Yeah. And I have... I, my ghost story in that mother is a terrifying one too. Oh. I'll tell you about that yeah. after. We, we yeah, we'll, get, we'll get that in here in a second. Yeah. I'll definitely be interested in hearing that. <laughs> yeah, we hear you know, just just like this. Yeah, hearing about it from other people that live in here and there. Um, we came across a story that about the basement of what is now the Forum back in 2012. Um, we had heard through someone else that one of the waitresses told them uh, that there's some weird feelings they get down in the basement. Well, back in 2012, this was Patty Coyne's restaurant. Mm. And, uh, well, my dad and I just walked in there one day, introduced ourselves. We're, like, we're getting ready to start the business. And uh, walked in there, started talking about who we are. We're in the ghost, heard about this. 
the waitress bartender that we talked to just instantly went to, oh, yeah, I've had that experience. Like, here, I'll take you down there. And this is a place that is 100% exclusive it's to creepy. us. It's creepy. I've been in yeah, that basement. It's a, it's a very <laughs> creepy place. But, yeah, we we actually are the only people, ghost, of, uh, ghost tour, company, haunted business, anything of the sort that has ever been allowed down there, at least I'm, uh, as far as I'm aware of. Yeah, I wouldn't go down there for business reasons. I helped because yeah. uh, that, that all those little places right there have the same basement. Yeah. And I've been down to the basement for the office right next door. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, same same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very, very, it is a creepy guy. It's very creepy. Basement. Actually, I have pictures of it here if you want to take a look at it. This is our time down there. Um, but this is... Uh, but it's very exclusive oh, to Sam, us. You brought you brought a portfolio, <laughs> man. He came but, prepared. Yeah, he did. I like you. But we. Uh, oh fuck! Yeah, now that's uh, that door is actually right next to creepy. the front door of the Olympus. That if you were to open that door, that's the uh, marble staircase that goes down. Well, yeah, goes down like into the You keep flipping, you'll see. That's the rest of the. You'll recognize the rest of it. Staircase. Do you have these pictures online where anybody can check uh, them out? Yes, we do. We have it on our Facebook page. Um, I'm not, I'm going to post it again because it tends to be our most popular one because it's so. It's this is really exclusive to us. Whereas, uh, yeah, the waitress took us down there. She was one of the people that had experiences there. And the experiences range from uh, feeling uh, the feeling of a large domineering presence standing behind you. But you go to look, there's nothing there. Um, and one report, numerous uh, waitresses, and this is all female staff that reports this, like it only affects women. But numerous of the waitresses, at least for Patty Coins, claimed that uh, they were down in there by themselves. And they felt a large hand forcibly grab the back of their arm. The moment they felt, the moment anyone felt anything, down oh there, god, that's a presence, a grabbing I mean, arm, anything. They ran back out, and the waitress that took us down there, she, we had just met her. She went, she, we never, only time we ever met her, she took us right down to no problem. So, but when they we got clean their basement, yeah, <laughs> but when we got down there, she was clearly nervous and scared. But I know it wasn't because of my father and I, because she was like, you know, she. She obviously didn't have a problem with us. She took us right down to no problem. So her all cleared nervousness was not, I'm in a basement with two strangers. It's, there's something down here I don't like. Now, there's a, the last picture you see right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. This is actually one of the places we believe to be the source of the hauntings. Now, the basement, as you see in the the, the, the uh, prior pictures, yeah. that uh, belonged to uh, what's known as a crystal, uh, no, the mirror room. It was a uh, club, ballroom type, like dance club back in the things like the 30s to the 70s. Is well, it the older picture? At the for bottom? those of you that yeah. are following along at home, you can go by TacomaGhostTours.com. Those pictures are online? Uh, on our Facebook page, actually. On your Facebook page. Yes. So so go they, check them it, out on Facebook. Yes. But, uh, the theater. Yeah, I'll get to that one actually here in a second. Oh. But uh, the crystal ballroom, I'm uh, not the crystal ballroom. Excuse me, the mirror room. Yeah, that what's in the what you see in the pictures before that. Um, that that's mir- the one with the no smoking sign. Yes, and it's like the whole, uh, the whole, uh, all those old pictures. That's all that whole room used to be the, the uh, mirror, the mirror room. It used to be really classy bar up until about the in 60s, the basement. The basement yeah. used to be a bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, and, uh, it looks like marble. Yeah. yeah it's, no, it's, it's, that's what I was looking that, like that's a really decadent. That, that's one of its claims. The fame was the mar- the solid marble staircase going down. Like oh, so classy. Well, that place, it went from very classy, refined type, you know, dance, club, bar, you know, classy establishment. To a basement? To, uh, well, it turned into a seedy drug den in the 70s. Uh, my father is a retired fireman from Tacoma Fire Department, and when he started in the 70s, you know, he started as a fireman. You started on the, the truck and doing aid calls. You know, you always see firemen doing medical stuff. Well, he sh- it, um, it was a routine. Uh, it was routine. They would get calls down um, to the alley behind that building because a bunch of junkies would just fall out. Yeah, just, that's you know, a 
pretty their drugs steezy and, little. Yeah, it was pretty. That whole section of Tacoma was real nasty from was, when it showed it up. Was. Yes, that's always important to emphasize. <laughs> it was, but it was very nasty from the eighteen from when it showed up in the eighteen seventies to the early two thousands. And if it wasn't for the tremendous cleanup Tacoma's gone through in the past fifteen years, no one would be downtown other than junkies and prostitutes like it was when I when we were all kids. And I was like, yeah. I remember that in the nineties. And I was like, I was born in eighty six, and I remember Pacific Avenue being rough. Yeah, like I, that, so. I brought my daughter home from the hospital to Hotel Olympus, which is, they're, they're right there above Patty Coins, basically. Yes. Or, uh, Same, it's the building. Forum. Yeah. yeah. And it was bad then. Like, my car got stolen the night, like, Christmas night. <laughs> like, I had my keys, I unlocked the car, left the keys in the in the trunk, and I loaded up all the Christmas presents we got that night, took them upstairs. In my turkey coma, I went to sleep with the keys hanging out of the back of the car. Wake up. Car's gone. <laughs> my uh, the mother of my child at the time, she ride had to ride the bus everywhere because the car got stolen. She sees the, the car parked like three blocks down the street, <laughs> full of like people's sh- old funky clothes, and Someone she just, just got right. Yeah, just, well, no, somebody took over it and was like going around collecting car seats. There's like six car seats in the back, rolling around in my lowrider blazer <laughs> with 13 inch wire rims. It was classy. But what happened to me there while we're just on the subject of that building? Uh, my daughter, we uh, we were good friends with uh, the couple across the hall. So what we'd do is we would sit in, we'd go over to the couple's house, they had a big, nice TV, and we could, those little apartments are tiny, we'd sit at the door, we'd open the doors to both apartments. So I'd sit at the couch, I, I'd have the, the TV and the door so I could see into my apartment, and we had the little baby monitor. And we left the baby monitor in there, and you could just hear Sierra giggling and playing and having fun. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I swear to God this happened, the, all of a sudden, through the box, it goes one, two, three, Ooh. like something counting down, like a, like a witch. I grab a broom from my buddy's house and rush <laughs> across the way, and there's my daughter just laying there giggling and goo goo gaga and wide awake. Ooh. Like, what the fuck was that? That's, that's scary. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been lucky. Like I, I think I've only had one ever weird experience, and that was a half asleep, and I and I heard someone walking down the hall. Right. In my house, and so I just jumped up. I have guns, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, r- run through my house in my underwear with a gun, right? <laughs> but it's like uh, that, that was, and that could have been anything, you know. In my brain, that was oh, just a house settling or whatever. But that's the only kind of weird experience I've had. Have you had personal experiences? I've had one. Um, it's the only. It's the. It's the reason I believe in ghosts. Up until I, I'm 28. And up until I was 19, I was 100% skeptic. I'm still about 50% skeptic. But I, when I was 19, I was uh, about 11, uh, I was about, say about September, October. Nowhere near Halloween, though. I was walking across the Proctor Street Bridge, uh, just north of the Proctor District. I was out, it was about 27th in Proctor. Um, I was just leaving from a party at my friend's house. My mind was in a completely different place. I was laughing and thinking about funny stuff. I hit the bridge about halfway over. I get, And at the time, if you go there now, there's these kind of smaller, like, uh, uh, metal railings right up on the where the, where the where is this exactly? I'm, I'm the, uh, the Proctor picture. Street Bridge. It's it's between uh, North 27th and uh, 34th and Proctor Street in the North End. What else is right there? It's about a couple blocks away from the Proctor District, Mason Middle School. It's just a couple blocks north of there. There's nothing else. There's a park, a Puget Park that attaches. Okay, this, uh, all right. Um, it's a very a hard time picturing it. It's a very no nothing little park. Most of the park is actually the gulch underneath the bridge. Um, well, um, I was walking across it uh, halfway over the bridge. And I got this feeling that like there's someone standing behind me, someone walking right behind me. Well, if you go there now, there's these metal railings right where the sidewalk meets the street. Mm-hmm. But at the time, those weren't there. Well, I go to look behind me, and there's nobody there. 
Well, then I think, oh, well, still have that feeling. So I thought they just kind of moved to the to the side I wasn't looking. So I look over again. There's nobody there. I turn completely around to look, and there's I'm in the middle of the bridge. There's nowhere for anyone to be hiding. Like you, if you're running away, I would see you. There's nobody there. Well, I kept. Well, this is the one and only time in my life where I had that feeling. There's someone behind me, but when I looked, the feeling and saw that nobody was there, the feeling didn't go away. So when I turned and saw there's no one behind me, I still had that feeling. When I turned back facing north, and it's just the feeling keeps getting stronger. It's like what is going on? Well, I started getting this really strong impression that this feeling, whatever's with me, was coming from off the bridge. Now, if you were to go to the bridge right now and stand where I was in the middle and look down off the side right, uh, side of the bridge, it is a easily 60 to 100 feet drop from that bridge to the bottom of the gulch. So someone would have to be buck wild insane to be sitting there like hanging off the side of this bridge. And that's what it felt like. Someone was about to pull themselves over and say, hey, what's going on, buddy? And it scared the crap out of me. Well, I kept feeling this. I looked again behind me to the left. I looked over to the right, and I was completely turned to the right, and that's where the side of the bridge was. Well, the feelings kept getting stronger, like someone was going to pull themselves up and say hello. Well, as I was, I got this feeling as I was still turned, like sort of, you know, just turned around. Well, then instead of turning back and walking forward, I just made a complete 360 turn and just walked off the bridge. Like I didn't even look off the side of the bridge again. Walked off, and then from that point until two months after I turned 25. I was. Uh, I never walked across that bridge um, after dark, and any time I went across it after dark, it was in a car or on a bus, and I intentionally didn't look out the windows, kept my peripheral vision from looking out the windows, because I was fully convinced. You had, you had a little trauma from that. Yes, yeah, so I was fully convinced whatever was there that night when I was 19 was going to be there again. Like I was driving by in the car, look out the window, and it was going to be waving at me. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> You're like the, William Shatner in that episode of Twilight Zone. Yeah, There's somebody like, on the wing. Yeah, it felt just like that. See, I was thinking Sixth Sense where the kid's in the school and everybody's hanging. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, see, I'm just freaking myself <laughs> out. It's, it's, <laughs> it was <laughs> freaky. But then two months after my 25th birthday, I was in the same scenario I was when I was 19. But I was just a little bit. It's just in this scenario, I, um, I'll admit to anybody that I was really drunk. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm across the bridge, come back from a party. And I was pretty drunk didn't even think about it because i was always pretty good about staying away from that bridge after dark well i wasn't thinking about just trying to go home i'm about to hit the bridge and i was like man it's like midnight i'm drunk and i don't want to go all the way around i don't want to go back try to go all the way around some dark streets to get back to my house so i was like well screw it i'll just walk across the bridge just keep ghosts out of my mind and then from and it was just fine and from that point on it's no big deal so whatever was there it either wasn't there the last few times i've been across the bridge or it's wasn't trying to scare me if it is a ghost which i'm not saying it was like i always try to make that clear that yes i believe in ghosts but i'm not saying that they're real not trying convince you any of that stuff but if it was indeed a ghost hopefully it wasn't a mean spirit so i was like oh crap i scared this guy that wasn't my intention so i'll just leave him alone but whatever was there it was weird because i normally it was felt like it was something there it was creepy but well and and i guess that's the best you could do right especially somebody with the aspirations of of teaching people more about the ghost cult i mean you can't just go oh i'm 100 percent in on ghosts that was a ghost for sure no. like nobody believes that guy anyway yeah. it's like i saw bigfoot i know that bigfoot is a thing and i've seen him those people they're great for a story but if they're trying to if you're going to them for all your advice it's a little yeah. right, a little iffy absolutely you should get you should always get other people's yeah advice. and being skeptic i think is the best way to go about being a skeptic is the best way to go about it for somebody like you because it, it yeah. helps you keep it fresh too because you're there with the people yeah. you're doing it tell us a little bit about how the tours work 
Um, it's uh, it's just a classic walking tour. Um, we meet people. We don't have an office at this point in time. We meet people at an antique store, actually a couple blocks uh, down the street from here, called Brandy's Attic. Um, sure. Yeah, we start and stop right there. Um, that uh, is people. We meet them up there. Then we take them out. So oh, it's about a ninety minute walk in our downtown tour. Then it's about an hour walk up in the stadium district. We start at the uh, was it King's Books. And uh, with our down and tours work, basically work the same. It's we go to various locations, tell them about a little bit about uh, the ghost reports, then some history, because that's what we really try to present to people is a mixture of ghost reports, which is speculation, matter of opinion, with one with proven historical facts. So what we provide to people is essentially food for thought. We make it very clear every tour that we're not trying to say ghosts are real. This is just what people have said combined with things that are indeed very real. Um, people have asked me numerous times, like if I believe, uh, if, if I give credit to any of the stories we tell on the tour, and I'm very honest with people with this stuff. So I say, well, only about two of the stops. Um, the majority of it, uh, it's a little hard for me to say. And from my skeptic, my skeptic mind, it's a little hard to really agree with a lot of these stories. Is actually being a ghost as opposed to just someone getting confused, or like some of the stories that come out of the Pantages, people seeing. A, a, a plaster likeness of the theater's founder, Alexander Pantages, it'll supposedly change expression depending on the quality of the performance. Well, this is one of the oldest ghost stories in the city. It's uh, Pantages, one of the most famous ghost uh, haunted locations in the city. Um, but every all these reports come from people who are at a performance. So their minds are in other places. Um, they're already They're already believing in... Yeah, so yeah, it's all this stuff is like yeah, most of the Pantages has is yeah, it's exactly it's fairy tales, it's theater, it's made up. So their minds are you know that kind of place. And on top of that, we uh, I know for a fact from my experience just uh, de- being around theater people and going to theater is that no matter how classy the performance is, most people are going to show up somewhat intoxicated. Like I've seen, I've been to very oh, classy yeah. <laughs> opera type performances in my life. Rich people, like you can clearly hey, well, tell they're rich, them, yeah, but then they're the just people. like, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing, it's a whole social thing, but it's yeah. just always kind of funny to see clearly rich people just somewhat too full on drunk uh, at a, you know, oh, I'm at this opera, I'm so classy, my tuxedo, but I just drank like half a fifth of cognac before I got here, so it's just, it always yeah, makes I'm, me I'm, laugh. I'm, so I'm, it's like, <laughs> cognac, pound a half a fifth of cognac, you're gonna yak, dude. That's a struggle. You start seeing them where it's like, you know, people, well, they're in the party mind, their minds are in the places, so in space, the theater mask, you look at something long enough, you might start to see things start to move. Yeah. And so you could write off a lot of that stuff. But then there's some cases Or the other where, side of that coin is maybe the being under the influence of that drug helped open up parts of their mind and yeah. help them be, make them a little more sensitive. Exactly. Nice. It's nice. like South sure. Shore, bro. Yeah. Like, I thought you'd I'm like, all in that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I knew you were thinking ways. it. <laughs> you can go both ways, Chad. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a minute and tell you a little bit about our friends over there at ChooseVets.com. ChooseVets.com is your one-stop shop for your honeydew list. Maybe you need your yard mode, you need a little bit of light landscaping, you need help moving, you need any type of labor that you might need, you can get through ChooseVets.com. Just go in there, put in Grit City, one word, you get 10 bucks off, you're supporting Choose Vets, you're supporting veterans, you're getting some shit done around your house. It will get done. It'll get done right. Check out ChooseVets.com. 
for some of these stories, for me, there's a little too much reasonable, there's too much doubt to relate for me to say that that is indeed a ghost. But there's other stories where it's just like, I can't say that for sure. Um, and I, I, when I'm on my tour, I don't share these same type of opinions with people. Like, I don't think people, I think people are full of crap when it says like the mass is changing. It's just, this is just what they say. Whatever you mm. feel about it, that's what you feel. Um, but it's like, but with some of these stories, it's, I give a lot of credit because it's, a little too hard to walk away from in one case and another story is like, I give credit to some of the things going on at Brandy's Attic because that place is brand new to being known as a haunted location and I give credit to some of those things because I've personally experienced one of the weird reports and um, the people who run that business uh, I've met them right after they moved into that location just over a year ago they went from treating ghosts as a joke like they let us into that building just from a business point of view it's hey look all these people showing up with you so come on in you know it was all this free advertising but then because of the weird stuff that's been going on in there they clearly went from full-blown skeptics to at least giving an awful lot of credit to some weird stuff they've had psychics come through there they'll tell you um uh, was it uh, numerous psychics have gone into that building just at random it's hey we're in Tacoma sometimes like a convention this and that they'll go in like because it's uh, Brandy's Attic's on Antique Row it's a really yeah. you know, place well, to go very but, historic yeah. part of Tacoma too. so you have all these places you know, some fun shops and whatnot it's on the light rail all this jazz mm-hmm. well they'll go in there just at random and then they'll go into uh, the back right corner so that'd be the southeast corner of the building just this weird area where they just have a bunch of clothes for you to look through and they get so freaked out by just something over there that they don't just leave but in some cases they straight hightailed it and basically ran out of the building and this is just one piece of what is a continuously growing list of weird things coming out of that business and that is something like uh, the foreign basement that's exclusive to our business. Uh, you will not find Brandy's Attic Antiques, the Mecca building in which it sits in, in any book or anything. Well, the Mecca about. was a creepy business oh, anyway. The Mecca, that whole building's been around for over 100 years. Yeah. It went, it's been used as brothels, speakeasies, varying types of apartments, residential places, and very and uh, numerous types of movie theaters. Some of them were quite legitimate, regular old movie theaters. The last one wasn't was it was a, a dirty one, was a quite quite dirty <laughs> one. Um, yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, I've yeah that place. Uh, I, when I, when people when we remodeled that building and people the first person moved in there and it took a long time for one person to move in, but then it took a while for there to be a sign of anyone else moving in there. But I always laughed at it with my dad because we'd be leading tours back in 2012. Was right, you know, they're still waiting for people to move into that building. We'd walk past it and just like man that's weird like who and those people must be from out of town moving to that building it's like but uh yeah it's just so yeah it's it, it, that's the nature of tacoma it goes from well, very, very respectable to seedy then back to respectable and that's the, well, the, the and history of our town trying really hard to 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 be legitimate and part of what what they get get out of that is they they do have the the history of all those buildings that, that help i think it helps that area but my experience down there, you've been into Sanford and Sons? Yes. That mug's got to be gotta be haunted. <laughs> it, I challenge anybody to go for 15 minutes by themselves, that little library they have down in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go up there and pick a book up and try to just hang out there for a minute without getting the creeps. That is a freaky goddamn building. Yeah, that place, I've heard reports about that from... Uh I think it's the owner's daughter, one of their employees. I forget. Yeah, she's which. a sharp lady too. I met her. Yeah, they say yeah, they feel some weird. I forget exactly what they'll say. Like it's feel some weird presences. Like yeah, it's definitely it definitely is a hot spot for some weird stuff. Um, and it was that they always claimed that when they were digging through some stuff in the on the uh, Commerce Street floor on the, uh-huh. the basement floor. 
they found some old artifacts that turned out to be uh, Chinese, and that more oh, than do they have all kinds of stuff. They have an old Chinese carriage down there where yeah. they would get slaves or There's indentured a, manservants to carry your ass. They saw yeah, that like rickshaws and stuff. Yeah. But like some of the stuff they found, they uh, I think they firmly believe that it came from when the Chinese were living. Tacoma had a large Chinese population back in eighteen hundred. Yeah, and there was a lot of turmoil about that. Yeah, yeah they it, kicked them out. We talked yeah. about that with Steve. Yeah, it's yeah. an international Tacoma solution to the Chinese problem. Check out that episode. Yeah, it's yeah. a. Uh, it is internationally known shame. Uh, yeah, it is known worldwide. You look at you talk to anybody who knows uh, uh, the history of the Chinese in, in, yeah. a, in a America. The Tacoma Method will they know that name? And yeah, that's how what crazy it's is that? Like that. The president of China was just here last week too. Yeah. <laughs> My kid got to play football in front of him. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Did you know? I didn't know this, but um, they say one of the reasons he came is he was the. Um, um, we have a sister city yep. over there, and he was like the the mayor or something of that city yep. before. So he's been here before. I and that was uh, our mayor, Mayor Strickland, her husband is the principal of Lincoln High School. Oh, cool! And they do a teacher exchange program with that city. So for him, it's a slam dunk. I feel like the president <laughs> being from Tacoma, and just all right, I'm going to go home real quick and do that and do a little. That's awesome. Yeah, it just gets, gets to be around. I think it was pretty good. A lot of people complained about how much, how hectic it was, but whatever. Don't like, whatever, so dude. You're you, put out for the half hour. Yeah, you know, right. babies. Oh, it's, fuck off. It's, it's I was the, watching the news getting madder and madder at these people. I'm like, shut up. The Chinese president came to visit our area. That's good. Regardless of whether you believe in the guy's politics or not. That is a. I mean, that's the well, most powerful guy in the world. Yeah, even if you don't believe that, that gives you a perfect opportunity to go protest. Isn't that what people did? <laughs> a shitload of people protested. Right, so you know, what? apparently you a bunch get... of Tibetan people lit themselves on fire. Well, I'm awesome. Yeah, let's <laughs> fucking the... take balls. Right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's fucking yeah, like, committed to the cause. It was like I'm surprised the traffic only got shut down for like a couple hours. That guy's the president of one of like the top most populated countries in the world. Like. China basically owns America already, so right. it's like we, you got shut down for two hours. I'm surprised that traffic they didn't shut down the whole freeway for that guy, especially because of all the protesters. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, people he's will, not popular with a lot, yeah, of, a lot of people. It's a numerous times since the 50s when the government took over Tibet, people lit themselves on fire because of it. So I was like, they should really kind of be expecting people to kind of go to the extreme with how they're going to, with their opinions of their politics, right. with their policies. I mean. Yeah. And it's just, but well, yeah, all they got was a couple hour freeway shutdown. You know so what was like, crazy yeah, is it, uh, my wife was playing around on Facebook and uh, posted how proud we are our son's going to get to play in front of the president. Oh, people jump right about that. And then some guy posted, like, oh, somebody, sh- he should punch that communist in the face or some shit like that. It, Facebook Thomas. banned him and deleted his account within two minutes. <laughs> like, they were watching. Well, you can't, you can't talk shit about another no, country's president. You like shouldn't that. do that. You know what I mean? Especially if he's going to be three blocks from where you're sitting. Right. <laughs> That's when you get the knock like, on I the live door, to, right? Yeah. From somebody, and they're like, you said what about a foreign country's president? Yeah. <laughs> like, Douchebag. No, China. Monitors the internet too. Like they, yeah, they edit, own the internet. They actually so try to. to edit that one, so they, they know how to they know how to watch what you're doing on the internet. Oh, yeah. they, they got that covered. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably it's free domain. You're gonna post some dumb shit on Facebook, and I guess this guy's notorious for being a troll anyway. Nah, so hopefully somebody, <laughs> I, it made me happy. Like I go and look, I'm like, who the hell is Facebook user? Then you look, is it wasn't like his account got suspended for a day. <laughs> No, no, they deleted it. <laughs> the company, like, you know, we're that's got to the top. Like, run, oh, we done. don't need that drama from you, dum dum. <laughs> yeah. 
You might have got away with that shit if you were in another state. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people can, should be able to say whatever they want. But they you, should. Can't, you can't say some shit about punching him in the face. Yeah, especially when you're talking about a minor child <laughs> jumping up and punching the president of China it's in the ridiculous. face. Right, like, because no, you don't moron. believe the guy's pro- politics. I mean, that's why we have a First Amendment. That's why you yeah. can protest. That's why you can do things like that. But you're not going to control another country. No, no. I would like to see a little kid try to punch anyone in the face. Dude, jump up, jump up, Oh, dude, the the Secret Service sat there with him. They weren't allowed to go. Dude, they were. They coached him. They they coached all those kids and exactly how to do it. He got to shake his hand, everything, and he he was really nice. Like I guess they said that he was very warm and personable, like a president should be. And you know that the Secret Service was really lax on them because they were kids. But everything else, he said it was it was two days for those those. Secret Service guys, like, Ooh, that's, that's that's rough. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's weird that we have people like that, and it has to be a thing. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess that's kind of yeah, we got off subject. So you go back to the subject. You know, one thing I would say relates back to the main topic at hand. Say, yeah, you know, as much as problems are all our problems in China, and whatnot, and a lot of our involvement with ill treatment of Chinese people in our past. It is really good to see that you see the atonement parked down on the waterfront where it took well over 100 years to get there to finally make statements to apologize for it. But, hey, at least we're taking a step to try and do that where, sure, some, you know, the Chinese government may not be, is not very nice to people, but at least we show some, like I say, class intact where it's just, hey, yeah, we messed up, did something that is still internationally famous and atrocious, but, hey, at least we're, the only thing we can do is, apologize for it and acknowledge that it happened i've had people come at me where it's like they don't they never bother to look up the words like shanghaiing or what read about the tacoma method so to talk about like shanghaiing tunnels people get kidnapped forced to work people will act like that is a derogatory statement of chinese people but those people didn't bother to look up the actually what shanghai means and that just means they kidnap you make you work on a boat and the reason they call it Shanghaiing is that at the point at the the point in time at that point in history when it was common practice, the farthest port of call you were likely to end up in was Shanghai, China. Yeah. And the best thing about it is this is in no way derogatory of Chinese people. It was not created by Chinese people. The only reason Chinese people were participated in it is that the horribly corrupt and criminal white bartender saloon owners of the notorious Pacific Avenue Shanghai centers. Merconis. Uh, yeah, like Merconis. <laughs> we'll talk about that one here in a second. But yeah, they, uh, no, they hired the Chinese because they weren't legal citizens. They could force them to do whatever they wanted because bigotry was the rule of the day. So anything the Chinese were involved in, like digging the tunnels or potentially actually kidnapping anybody, was at the orders of an evil white person. So, no, and on top of that, Shanghai, both the term and the practice, was created by the English Navy. So, it's like, if you, if that's derogatory, if Shanghai is derogatory of anybody, it's the English. And so, it's, and the English at that time period, hey, I'm sorry, the English Navy was, you know, they're kind of bastards at the time. Not in modern day, but, you know, English. Well, let's just call it tacoma Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm got, fine with that. Yeah, they got, they, you know, it's just really terrible stuff. But, yeah, it's like, it's not in any way derogatory of Chinese people. And to ignore this like it didn't happen is far more derogatory and disrespectful of the Chinese than talking about it. Because, unfortunately, this horribly atrocious event is the only known record that, that of these victims' existence, let alone that something happened to them. So if we ignore that, then we are hurting them even more. We treat them like that didn't exist at all. And that's just erasing people outright from history. Right. So and that's and that's terrible to do to the victims. And that's why, you know, as much as hard as it 
is. That's why people still need to talk about sure. the Holocaust, what happened in the Khmer Rouge, all that stuff, where it's just it's horribly atrocious events. But that is the only record that these people really existed because these people are they were exterminated, they were gotten rid of. It was, and that was at the hands of people who wanted to erase them from just existence and just any well, notion. Well, shit, of he's them. got all kinds of. Well, and that's yeah. true. If, yeah. if the minute you 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 start forgetting those things, that's when that shit happens again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, and for me, I think it's a perfect um, perspective to look at it like, you know, 150 years ago, um, you know, we did Tacoma, had a tr- you know, they, they did the Tacoma method and, and you know, kick people out. And, and how cool is it that 150 years later, we actually have the Chinese president come in here? Yeah. We might not agree with his politics, but no one, I, I bet he didn't, he doesn't agree with our politics from back then. I don't have an <laughs> issue with his politics. I don't, I don't know what they are. In, well, <laughs> I don't know about the, the Tibet thing, but that's just me because I'm a weirdo. But um, Well, I, yeah, I guess I did. I saw the movie. Yeah, and they have a lot of humans, human rights violations. Yeah, they do. A ton there. of them. Well, I mean, yeah, because they're, how weird is it the place has got some of the most fucked up problems where the Dalai Lama's from? Yeah. Well, he had a whole bunch of issues. Yeah. Like when he was just a baby when he came in, and and that's why they took him over. I don't know if you've seen that thing, but he was he was just a teenager, and he had to fucking sneak out because they just showed up one day with guns, and he was he snuck out as a port, like pretended he was someone else, and snuck out and went to India. That's oh, the best yeah. thing. It always makes me laugh about people as well. And they you ask him why does the Dalai Lama live in India? They say, oh, he moved there. He likes it there because he lives in like he's pretty. He's with a bunch of Buddhist monks down in India. Yeah. It's like oh, this but he's a Buddhist. He's just hanging out with them. It's like well. Not really. He's down there because he's in exile, and he admits all the time that if he steps anywhere close to the Chinese border, he's, he's a dead man. Yeah. Well, and it was it was kind of his fault if you look at it. He was courting the Chinese, like he kept bringing them over, and he was kind of like you know trying to make friends with them and whatever. Well, fuck, man, they have how many three billion people? Yeah. Like, they need room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, like they came to him. They did it real nice at first. It was right. hey, you know, we're trying to connect mm-hmm. with you guys. Just, even to this day, it's hard scrabble life in Tibet. But they brought him with hey, let's try and bring you part of China, help you guys come. Up, you know, get out of this hard scrabble lifestyle. Um, and Dalai Lama, even to this day, he, he he'll admit that Tibet is part of China, which is not. But he does that to Trump because he's about compassion and peace. Mm-hmm. He's trying to find the peaceful answer, um, and that's what and that's the thing that's really commendable about the Dalai Lama makes him a really good leader. And that he is not out here trying to stomp on people. He's out trying to make the world a better place through compassion. It's like, hey, we let's get along. Things get better when we're not fighting each other. But he, and you have to say good things about India too, because India actually um, separated part of the country, and they give it, they give it to him. It's like his own little country. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's so influential, um, yeah, he's so influential and powerful in just the world. But he, he's trying to be nice to him in the beginning. He's trying to say, you know, they didn't really. He, Dalai Lama and his the people and his the older guys at the time who were really running the country. They knew that the Chinese were full of crap. And it was like, you guys are just coming here for whatever reason, like something you're not telling us. Well, what do you but, do? Yeah, right? it was like, he was like, they're and trying what to. What do you do when you, you're neighbors with China and China doesn't like you? Right. Yeah, well, so and they're, 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 all your belief system says, I can't fight you. Yeah, it's like, oh, you won't fight back. Yeah, <laughs> that's what China took advantage right, of was of that they're 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 past their Tibetan Buddhists are pacifists uh, to a degree that's not like your Shaolin monks, where Shaolin Buddhism like that that is a very real thing, does a very real temple, and they do have a very real nasty form of kung fu. But people always get confused. How do Buddhist monks have martial arts, especially a real dangerous one? It was because pacifism does not mean you're never violent. It means you don't agree with it. But it, in the definition of it, it never means. Violent. 
violence is off the table. It just means you don't agree with it. And Buddhist and the Shaolin monks are a perfect example of pacifism not taken to an extreme, like, just pushover level where, hey, we'll try to be nice first. We'll try every peaceful way possible. But if that doesn't work, then we're going to kick your ass. Like, yeah, that is, that's how it plays. Don't put but, the kung fu grip on yeah, you. Yeah, don't, don't mess with they, They'll mm-hmm. put the kung fu grip on you in ways you had no idea existed, and they'll hurt you real bad because that's what they're trained to do. Like, it's just, well, a lot of what you see in movies is made up flying around, but a lot of the other stuff you see is actually quite real. Like, they literally will I go saw black. Shaolin soccer. No, have, you, have you seen their um, their acrobatics, the people that come over? When they did, they'll do, like, push-ups on two fingers and shit. I've, like, I've, these kids, they train from the time they're little in, in like, um, they call it, like, stone body parts. Uh-huh. Um, like, stone fists, stone knees. Yeah. And they'll do things, like, from the time they're little, they punch trees. I'm not even making this up. They yeah. break their hands over and I'll, over and over again until it builds up such... That, that it's it's uh, like a fucking rock. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, but, uh, one of the things they'll do is, yeah, it's the iron technique. Yeah. It's basically the iron body where one of the things they'll do is that you see them over in China doing it in uh, the monasteries. Well, they'll, the guys will do the iron head technique where they'll just mm-hmm. bang their head against the wall for hours on end for years at a time. And they'll get to a point where they're the, the top way to, to show like the abbot, the top guy that you are, have mastered the skill, is that they'll get some other monks, they'll pick you up. And hold you, and then use your head as a battering ram to ring the giant bell. And then it's like, and they're sitting there taking it like it's nothing. Fuck that! That's yeah. what they've done their whole and, life. And the, thing, and the thing about it is probably that, stop what, doing some of that shit. Well, the, well, the thing <laughs> about it is that, think a way out of getting. Well, in and the best thing about it is that a lot of it is purely explained through simple science. Is that when bones experience trauma but don't break, they get denser. Mm-hmm. And then the more you dense it, you basically you'll turn your hand or your bone into a brick. So you can get to a point where it's like the iron fist technique. They just punch a brick wall for mm-hmm. years on end. You can get to a point. Where your hand is so dense, you can just kind of minorly just tap someone on the side of the head. They're on the ground in pain because it's basically the same as getting tapped by a brick. Uh, now, the worst one I've ever encountered was uh, the iron egg technique, also <laughs> known as iron crotch. <laughs> and that's where uh, they just routinely, from the day they're little kids, they routinely getting kicked in the crotch, but... just blasted in the nuts. Or it, carry weights. Yeah, uh, that's the no! worst, that's the worst one. How did we get they, on this? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. But the, but the thing about it is to go back to the original, move away from genital Well, hold manipulation. on. There's, there's a great book. If, if you get a chance, American Shaolin is a great book to read, um, which isn't about American who goes over and studies in the Shaolin Temple before before. Or it's commercialized, and yeah. so he, he goes through all these it, things like how they learn. It, how it, they it, it, fucking iron balls is never. It's in there actually. Iron crotch is in there. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's definitely really interesting to look into how real that stuff is. Like it's yeah. amazing. But back to you know, just move away from discussing more about genital mutilation and <laughs> uh, and uh, self involuntary castration. Um, but we uh, but the Dalai Lama is like yeah, they're in Tibetan Buddhism. It's all about peace. So he tries to find that peaceful, compassionate answer, and that's how China took advantage of it. They just forced their way in. Then he had to run away. And numerous times since then, they have proved in my lifetime in the 90s, they've proven they found poison in his food multiple times. Well, I asked the question, who the hell would put poison in Dalai Lama's food? That's like trying to poison a puppy. Like, what's who has a problem with the guy? Oh, who, who, who could be doing this one? And they figured that out pretty quick. And, and the Dalai Lama, he used to speak out against it. It was like, these guys are not good people. But then he stopped doing that because he got tired of them trying to kill him. And then he just wasn't getting anything done. So it's very, he's not really, it's, it's not a pushover. It's just he does not he he does not want to use violence. So it just he does he agrees with that pacifism to that degree where it's just this is wrong. And 
on top of that, he's a top-level Buddhist, so he knows that, according to his religion, he starts being violent or suggesting let's be violent, then his karma is destroyed, and he's coming back reincarnated a thousand more times. And that is Buddhist hell, is having is basically being alive. What we all regard as being alive is Buddhist hell. <laughs> so that's weird. A religious leader that's teaching good things. That's so Yeah, that's so strange. Well, in fact, the Pope <laughs> so just strange. came to town and did a pretty good job. Did he? You know, the Pope? Is, is that the one that... Uh, it's, he spoke in front of a... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with everything that guy fucking has going on either. But it was nice he came down talking about global warming. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. Very nice. Anyway, I can see you're like, fuck that guy. I, <laughs> man, I don't know. It's so um, weird to me. You see a lot of stuff with the you know, state it, of religion and when it comes to uh, ghosts. You know, one question we always get from people as a, when we talk about my Brainy's Attic Antique Store, so people always ask, hey, is this, you think that the hauntings in this place are from like the objects that is routinely antique stores, routinely haunted because sure. of various things? Easy, I've, I could be, um, but most of you know it's some of the stuff you know it, a lot of it's from very long time, long far gone time periods. Could very well be haunted. They're, they're getting stuff from eighteen hundreds. I think even further. You back heard than anything that. about that Wells Fargo building? Apparently, that's supposed to have a, a haunted elevator. That's like somebody that built it, fell down the elevator shaft. Wells Fargo, uh, the the, top, the, the, the the big white the, the, building. The big I was one. a graveyard security guard, guard there for about. Four months and it was creepy, creepy building at night. I've never heard anything about that one. Um, there's um, all, all, yeah, Pacific Avenue, basically from Old City Hall to ooh, uh, Union Pacific Building, right across from UW campus. That it's there's this line with ghost stories, ghost hauntings. Um, Old City Hall to Ninth and Pacific. That one, that that two block stretch, has the highest concentration of ghosts in all of Tacoma. Um, everyone, most people, if you look in the ghosts in the city, you'll find Old City Hall. That is the most haunted building in all of Tacoma. Um, reports of that date back to the second week after it opened in 1895. People seeing weird figures. Um, the most common report I found from back in those time periods was uh, people going to the building. And this is in these time periods when it was City Hall. It's also the police headquarters in the prison. People go in there like you don't go about their business. They'll go in morning, get into work. Walk in one of the doors. They look up the stairwell. They see what appears to be the friend. They they would go up, try to chase the guy. Like, hey man, I need to talk to you. They follow that guy like you know like, like on their way to the office. And then when they get to the hall, the main hallway where their office is located, the person just kind of disappears. Well, then they they don't see him disappear. They figure they got into the room. One's like, hey, where did this person go? Well, in one report, the person who was following this essentially this kind of weird figure um, came across somebody else who worked with them. Like they're just standing in the hallway smoking a cigarette. You know, it's the eighteen hundreds. You can do that. Um, they asked, like, "Oh, hey, did you see Bill? He just walked past here." And he's like, "No, I've been standing in this hallway for twenty minutes. I didn't see anybody. Well, you're the first person I've seen walk past." And he's like, "Are you sure? Like, I, you, you weren't turned or anything?" And they're like, "No, I had my back to the wall. Like, I no, I didn't see anybody." He's like, "No, I swear I saw that guy walk past here." No, that wasn't. That you seeing things, and that's just the beginning of weird stories. In that come out of that building, mostly shadow figures, weird noises coming out the basement. Because um, yeah, I was used to jail, prison. Go down there. Yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. Speaking of uh, yeah, religion. That definitely was a uh, back in those time periods. Yeah, they would. Uh, you know, you combined heavy-handed police tactics with some very high-level moral type ideas. Then you get like what you get in Catholic schools, where the nuns wrap your uh, wrap your knuckles with the rulers. But you get that to a higher degree because you get a bunch of cops beating yeah. you down. <laughs> but it's like, you know. Well, I used to do graveyard. I do a lot, did a lot of graveyard security. I did it for the Tacoma Road Center right there on Ninth and Broadway. And in that building, if you go down in their basement, they've got a really creepy like old boiler room basement oh, with yeah. a hole in the wall. And yeah. on the other side of the hole in the wall is 
uh, rows and rows and rows of old seventies and eighties prison. Like if you were in jail, they would take you and you had to go to the, there to the courts because that's where they had like the like if the federal court needs to do something in Tacoma, that's the building they use or yeah. used to use. Uh, they had all the clothes for the people to wear, and it's the creepiest little room because it's just like there's one little hole like that goes to a mirror like up on the street, and it's just oh, it's freaking and all this. Uh, a lot of graveyard downtown jobs. Hey guys, we want you to go by and check out Uber. It's better than a taxi in every way. Every time I've ever used Uber, they've been there just quick, always under 10 minutes. The drivers are friendly. The cars are clean. Uh, sometimes they've got a bottle of water for you. If you've never tried them before, please go online, download the Uber app, and you can use the promo code GRITCITY for $20 off your first ride. Again, that's Grit City, one word, right there on the promo. Click it. Somebody's on their way to come and get you. Use Uber, better than a taxi. Bottom line. So do you do anything with, um, like, a ghost hunter type people? I know Tacoma, where the area has, like, a, a group like that. Do you do any of that kind of stuff or no? We actually recently made contact with a ghost uh, hunting group out of a university place called Truth. What exactly that stands for, I forget at the moment. I forgot to write it down. But um, we're in talks right now to do an investigation at a Brandy's Attic uh, antique store. Uh, but we, my partner, my father and I, we're not really ghost hunters. We're more just ghost enthusiasts, mm-hmm. uh, historians, if you will. Um, but we've received, we've essentially like kind of turned into minor level ghost hunters with this business, where it's just so many weird things going on, and just talking to so many different people. Like there's. Yeah, we uh, and you can get more stops on your tour. Well, yeah, it seems like a a natural next step. You know what I mean? If you're going to all these places that are supposedly haunted, or you're walking through them, you know why not? You know, help the ghost hunter people out and throw down whatever they use to catch ghosts with. We did. uh, We were partners with the the streamers. Yeah, we (laughs) (laughs) we were. uh, We did put this Brandy's edit into the hands of one ghost hunting team out of Seattle. But uh, they for, they didn't tell us about the investigation. They kind of they didn't tell us anything really about it. Uh-huh. They shared a recording they caught from there. Uh, it's really weird. It's the when the first initial ghost reports out of there, uh, supposed ghost reports out of there, was uh, still happens to this day is a repetitive pounding noise coming off the north wall. Well, this is something actually we talk about on the tour. Where I'll share a little bit of it here, and it's just really weird because this I've heard it myself. And this sound, it's like a heavy heart. It sounds like a heavy heartbeat or someone pounding on like a thin wooden door. But this sound's coming off of a, uh, a 36-inch concrete wall. And uh, you can go pound that wall right now. We can go there right now with your recording devices. And you go pound that wall, and you're not recreating that sound. You, you, know, you would have to go find one of their cabinets to go pound on that to go do these things. But it's coming. You know, these, and I've heard it come from this wall. And like, there's no way. There's nothing that could be happening you know, on the Can't other side of the wall. Can't be a pipe in the it, wall or anything. There's. It, we were thinking that it was a pipe, but mostly, to my understanding, most of the pipes and water workings are on the south side of the building. And this wall is the north side mm-hmm. um, because you have like the bathroom and all that is on the south side. Um, so as far as we are aware of, there are no pipes or anything on that part of the building on that wall. And even if there were, that would have to be one massive heavy pipe pounding really hard to make such a loud thud coming through such th- uh, at least 18 inches. If it was in the middle, then it would be at least 18 inches of concrete. Like, that's pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty powerful thud. And I'm not a plumber or anything, but that I'd imagine... That can't be good. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine that if, you're, if your thick pipes are pounding that hard, um, you're, yeah, that's, you're probably dealing with some really... Uh, 
probably some really high level pressure the pipes couldn't handle so i bet if that was a pipe if you were to turn on like a faucet it'd probably blast you like you'd probably be like a fire hose <laughs> shooting at you or you flush the toilet and the water shoots back out like a couple of feet but that'd be one powerful pipe to be making that noise um, but there's that's just one many things coming out of that place and it's got weird feelings weird sounds um the, one of the most common reports i've encountered one i've also encountered is mysterious sound of breaking glass you know, you, it should not be come a surprise to anybody to hear glass breaking in an antique store. But every time this has been heard, um, they found no broken glass whatsoever. Uh, the time I heard it, I was with six customers checking them in for a tour. And uh, we all heard it. It's about sound like a medium-sized tray of glass just shattering to pieces. When we heard this, one of the owners, meaning Jason, he walked past. He heard it, had this look on his face like, oh, crap, I just lost a bunch of money. Well, give the people a tour, bring them back. Everyone's going home. Jason comes up to me, says, hey, you remember that glass breaking? Said, yeah, couldn't find it. And the area had drastically less glassware than it does now. Um, I assumed something must have broken in one of the cabinets, the display cabinets, but you look around, there was nothing at all. That shit uh, happened to my house like once a month. I'll be sitting in my house, it'll sound like something falls out of a cabinet onto the floor. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's freaky. My yeah, wife is scared of everything. So <laughs> we're always like, what's that? And then we look, nothing. And that's got to freak you out as a business owner. You, you hear a whole tray of glasses fall. You're like, oh, fuck. You know, I'm buying something, right? Yeah. And then nothing. You can, yeah, I'd be out of there. Dude, I'd be so gone. That's why I'll never see a ghost. I'm such a coward. Dude. The, the, two, yeah. the two owners of the business, they were uh, told me right uh, about a week after I, my experience, uh, they were in the business like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning getting stuff set up for the next day. Only people in there, doors are locked. They're together in the very back of the building, and they hear what sounded like uh, like someone walked up to a shelf loaded of glass and just shoved it all off. Well, they assumed that, you know, this is Broadway in the middle of the night, so they you know, right by, you know, assumed that it might be some drunks or what have you. Um, because downtown gets a little shifty around 11 o'clock or so. Um, well, uh, they went up to the front, assumed someone was trying to break into the front or was throwing rocks at the windows. They find nothing at all. Scour the whole building, turn on all the lights. There's no broken glass to be found. And that scared the crap out of them. It was like, yeah. where the, this is like loud. It wasn't just, ooh, a, a glass broke. It was trem- as large amounts of it shattering to pieces found nothing at all and there's antique stores to the left and right of them but their walls are so thick that you're not going to hear that you're not going to hear anything in the next building let alone that clear of a glass breaking sound like scare the crap out of you but this is just but that that's just one of the many reasons that we're we're trying to get a ghost investigation going on through there if my if I can't get any other like actual official ghost hunting team to, to partner up with me or they're all too busy because it's October, it's the season for everybody, then I'm just going to show up with a tape recorder because that's what most of these groups do anyways. Late, let us know, man. I'll show up with the digital recorder. We'll tear yeah, it up. Yeah, we'll just go like, do I'm it. I'm not scared. As long yeah. as I don't see anything. No. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll, well, I am scared. So yeah. I'll just give yeah. it to yeah. you. Yeah. We, we just hang up by the hang out at 2 o'clock in the morning with the Tacoma uh, Ghost Tour. I yeah. Don't yeah. Know I, <laughs> I don't honestly know Oh, you said you're going to do it. Yeah, you said it. All right, I But yeah, if I can't get anybody else, I'll give you guys a call. We'll come through and do it. Fun man, the video podcast live from a haunted building. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, um, and it's just some of a, a little piece of the weird things that keep coming out from that building, and this is just a minor taste of what we present on our tour and what's available in that area. It's like what I was saying to you guys earlier about uh, the forum. 
Well, that place, we, we will point it out to people if we have the time um, because it's kind of supplementary information for the tour. Um, but this place, it's we firmly believe that it's ripe for hauntings. Like, we, like I was saying earlier, the female employees, at least at Patty Coins, believe that place is haunted like crazy. But just like but Patty Coins, the story of... Well, the guy that owns the forum's cool. Go in there and talk to him. Well, but we, basically, what we developed through with the forum is basically like the same way we do it with the rest of the tour. We heard stories from somebody, went through and found a bunch of really weird stuff. That, and in the case of the forum, it would really be surprising to me if it turns out that if if it turned out ghosts weren't actually in there because of all the weird stuff. Just like at Brandy's Attic and a few other spots where it's just this is just far too weird to walk away from as oh that's just a weird sound like a house settling or oh i'm just hearing stuff in my head like that's really specific to certain things so yeah like in the forum of the, like, like i was saying earlier about the forum basement the lady's claiming to feel someone forcibly grab the back of their arm what we're able to find that you know like i was saying they it was used as the mirror room real kind of turned into real seedy drug and more than a few fights and overdoses yeah. oh yeah there's, like, there's a whole lot of that stuff and there's real potential for that time for it to, for the source of the hauntings to come from that time period but when we're looking uh, into the history of it, and that's the, the last picture in the uh, the binder. The um, oh, that was the old theater. Yeah, the old you, theater picture. Yeah, that was neat. This building was actually what sat there before the Olympus, the Theater Comique. I um, mean, you can find it online. There's numerous theater comics throughout the country and the world, but yeah, but the one in Tacoma will show up on that search. And it was owned. It was sat there before the Olympus, and it was owned by a guy named Harry Morgan. One of the most, uh, like, I believe, the most notorious vice lord in all of Washington State at the time, and even it, when Washington was a territory, um, Morgan was running around 1870s to the 1890s. Um, he was known throughout the entire area as uh, Boss Gambler, which should make it pretty obvious one of the main things he was involved with in his criminal activity. But the Theater Comique was his main stay, uh, was main business center, and he ran. Gambling, unsanctioned boxing matches. It was a bar, it was a brothel. Uh, he opium wasn't illegal at the time, but it was highly taxed. So there was a big criminal venture to get that to skirt all the taxes. Because I believe in modern equivalents, the amount of tax per pound on opium was at least two to three hundred dollars, and that was yeah, back in those back in those time periods. It was a hell of a lot more money. It's modern equivalents, it's hundreds of dollars. But um, it was a crap load of money. So Morgan was also a drug dealer, um, and the theater called Mink was at least partially at times used as an opium den well uh one of the funniest things about it is that uh one that always makes me laugh is that morgan was also a humongous pimp and the thing that makes me laugh about this is that um we have that in common yeah <laughs> he, the best thing about it is that at one point he supposedly owned a house out on anderson island which was used as a retirement home for his hookers but essentially you can't make any more money you're out on the island just get away from here just like, put his hose on the island yeah. no you don't get to go home to your grandkids go get on the island at least he yeah. retired him you know yeah. what I mean that's, that'd be, that's nice he's, he's, he gave him a place he's right? a nice pimp yeah. I bet you that island's got some haunted some haunted yeah. hose uh, to my understanding <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a bad place but yeah they were they were done they were retired it wasn't a brothel it was just okay you go live the rest of your life over there it's like you're done Vice, uh, Vice has a documentary about um a Mexican brothel at the same thing they wear old Mexican um, old Mexican go, go, <laughs> go to retire yeah it's great uh, you can't make more money time, time to retire you're dead alright no. Andrew so how often do these tours happen like tell people a little bit how if, if they wanted to go on the tour how would they go about contacting you our tours are year round both downtown stadium district uh, downtown it's uh, Thursday through Sunday starting at 6pm uh, uh, and stadium tour is every Saturday at 4pm uh, uh, if you're interested in tour, you can check us out online, facebook.com, Tacoma Ghost Tours, twitter.com, Tacoma Ghost Tour, tours doesn't fit, or uh, uh, website, TacomaGhostTours.com. 
Oh, I have to say your Twitter's awesome. You post some of the coolest pictures, like old hi- historical pictures of Tacoma and Washington. They're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you check out our Facebook page, we go a little bit more in-depth with it, a little bit more over there. But I think I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we uh, check us out. Um, you, uh, our tickets are available on Groupon, Amazon Local. Um, you, once you get your hands on a ticket, you give us a call, send us an email, um, schedule a tour. This is a reservation-based tour. If, uh, we, uh, if no one schedules a tour, then we are not at Brandy's Attic. That is not our offer. Um, they are not the ones to call for the tour. They're just an antique store. Like you don't, if you don't call us then to reserve a spot on the tour, you are taking a real big chance of not of the, no one being there, of just showing up to an antique shop. And so go online and, and read, make a reservation or yep, give you a call. Give us a call. Uh, crap. It's 253-732-3532. That's right. Um, that is, yeah, that's the, that's the line. Give us a call. Um yeah, so yeah, please remember, it's reservation-based. It's not our office. You're not meeting us at our office. Um, yeah, you check us out. It's yeah, Like I said, it's year-round, rain or shine. Uh, over the past year, it, everyone who's been taking the, year, uh, the, the tour over the past year has gotten real lucky because we've had barely any rainy days, or at least on the days of the tour. So any, by Washington standards, we've essentially had an entire year of summer. So, <laughs> And it's still looking that kind of like it's staying that way. Unfortunately for you know the environment and all that, but fortunately for outdoor walking tour, it's perfect. So uh, come on down. <laughs> so no offense to anyone going through all those wildfires and stuff. You know it's very unfortunate, but yeah, you want to do something outside? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this has been Andrew with Tacoma Ghost Stories. Yeah, Thank Thanks you very for much. Ghost tours. Thank you. Ghost, <laughs> wait, is it ghost stories. Yeah. Damn, I got to stop doing that. Tacoma Ghost Stories. You want to check them out? They're pretty cool too. But uh, we're separate from them. Uh, Tacoma right. Ghost Tours. Check me out. Well, it's <laughs> TacomaGhostTours.com. Uh, thanks a lot for coming and joining us. The, you know, uh, I'll make you know, One thing that uh, I always find myself having to make clear to people is that. I'll be blown away if you take my tour and get scared. It's if you get scared by history, then okay, then you're, you're going to be scared up to you're going to be scared like crazy on my tour. But I'm not. I find it hard to believe I'm going to scare you because this is not a haunted house. This is a guided walking tour. <laughs> history. <laughs> it's more history than than scary, right? Is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's cool. All right, I love it. That's a fun episode. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Thank yeah, thanks for coming in. You've been listening to the Grid City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com.